Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. The other day, I gave a talk to a group of investment bankers. I did what I always do when I'm in front of a business audience, scan the crowd and try to work out how many men there are to every woman. If they're young City of London lawyers, the numbers are usually roughly even, while for senior bankers and financial advisors, it can be as bad as 20 to 1. On this particular afternoon, the ratio was a bit better than usual, about 4 to 1, but as I looked around, it occurred to me that I was looking at the wrong thing. The tiniest minority was not women. It wasn't even people from ethnic minorities, this being a global conference. It was the over 50s. In about 200 bankers, I could see only one person who seemed to be my age, and that was the chief executive. As I walked back through the city, I stared at the people going home, a sea of commuters in their 20s, 30s and 40s. Only occasionally did I spot a contemporary, sidling past with head down. I briefly got excited when I saw two people who looked about 60, but on closer inspection, their brightly coloured anoraks and the suitcases they were wheeling revealed them to be tourists. The disappearance of 50-somethings from offices in London may not be new, but I've been slow to notice it. That's probably because it's still possible to be over 55 and a journalist on the Financial Times without feeling too outlandish. It's hard to feel exposed when the finest and most valuable columnist on the FT has a good 10 years on you. The same isn't true for other parts of our business. Last week there was a fire alarm in the office and I looked at the human snake of colleagues from the commercial departments shuffling down the stairs. Number of people my age, zero. Possibly it's just a case of the policeman getting younger, but I don't think so. A couple of fellow journalists in their 50s assure me that they're the oldest people on their commuter trains from St Albans and Muswell Hill arriving in the city every morning. A friend who's about to turn 50 in a large consumer products company is keeping quiet about his age and hoping that no one notices him. When he joined 20 years ago, there were plenty of people in their late 50s, often with a PA the same age or older. Now, there are no more PAs of any age, and the managers mostly slope off in their late 40s, having been handed a fat cheque to do so. The few who hang on in mainstream corporate jobs fall into two tiny camps. The highest flyers, who are either a chief executive or hoping to become one, and the lowest flyers, who have succeeded in making themselves invisible and avoided all rounds of redundancy. This elimination of the vast rump of 50-somethings from London's offices is at odds with what's supposed to be happening, which is that people are working longer, not just to a normal retirement age, but far beyond. In the last 10 years or so, the stats show that the number of people in the UK working beyond 60 has doubled. If investment bankers, lawyers and accountants are an exception, 
that's neither puzzling nor worrying. By their late 40s, they've earned so much that they have no need for more. And after 25 years of toiling all hours in dysfunctional environments, they've generally had enough. They're less victims of ageism than a product of how the system works. They've done the hard graft and can now do something more pleasant with their time. Either nothing at all, or a bit of consultancy, or be born again as a photographer or landscape gardener. But for the next slice down, it's utterly baffling. Where are all the 50-somethings who used to do standard corporate jobs in human resources or marketing or events? Who employs them? Did they receive generous enough redundancy payments and have enough money and property to get by earning a bit extra here and there? Whatever they're up to, the pattern must be about to go into reverse for reasons we all know. Pensions are worse and health is better. If we live to 100 and have to work until we're 65 to support ourselves, big companies will have to start taking us back. 50 and 60-somethings will cling to their office jobs for dear life, or if they lose a job, will go searching for another, possibly on a lower wage, so that employers will have to stop thinking of ageist excuses not to hire them. HR departments of large employers will soon laugh at the fuss they've made about the non-problem of how to keep spoilt millennials happy. Motivating 50-somethings who have already tired of the nonsense of corporate life but still have to slog on for another 15 years, that's going to be the hardest management task yet in Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. 